There was a belief, common among many folk, that an unusually high wind was a sign that a great person would die. Thomas Chaloner was not superstitious, but even he could not deny that it was the second time in as many days that a gale had descended on the nation's capital with a terrifying savagery and that an eminent man had died on each occasion. He would not have said that James Chetwind or Christopher Vine were great, exactly, but they were high-ranking officials, and that alone was enough to attract the Lord Chancellor's attention. And when the Lord Chancellor expressed an interest, it was Chaloner's responsibility, as his spy, to provide him with information. He stared at the body that lay on the floor of the painted chamber, listening to the wind rattling the windows and howling down the chimney. The lamp he held cast eerie shadows, and when a draught snaked behind the tapestries on the walls, the ghostly grey figure swayed and danced in a way that was unsettling. Beside him the Lord Chancellor, created Earl of Clarendon at the Restoration, regarded it nervously, then shivered in the night's deep chill. "'Why is it called the Painted Chamber, sir?' Chaloner asked, breaking the silence that had been hanging between them for the last few minutes, as they had pondered Chetwin's mortal remains. There is no artwork here. The earl almost leapt out of his skin at the sudden sound of his voice, although Chaloner had not spoken loudly. He rested a plump hand over his heart and scowled, to indicate he did not appreciate being startled. Chaloner bowed an apology. He was uneasy in the hall, too, and he knew how to defend himself, thanks to active service during the civil wars, followed by a decade of spying on hostile foreign governments. There were frescoes, replied the earl shortly, flapping chubby fingers towards the ceiling. Up there, but they've been plastered over. How can you live in London and not know this? Chaloner did not answer. His overseas duties had made him a virtual stranger in his own country, and he was acutely aware that he needed to remedy the situation. A spy could not be effective in a place he did not understand. Unfortunately, he kept being dispatched on missions abroad, so never had the opportunity to familiarise himself with England's biggest city. You are supposed to be telling me what happened to Vine, not quizzing me about architecture, the earl continued waspishly when there was no reply. I need to know whether his death was natural or whether you have a second murder to investigate, this one as well as Chetwin's. Chaloner dragged his attention away from the ceiling and knelt next to the corpse. Vine had not been dead long because he was still warm to the touch. The spy glanced around, feeling his unease intensify. The painted chamber was so huge and dark that it was impossible to see far, and a killer or killers might still be there. The dagger he always carried in his sleeve dropped into the palm of his hand as he stood. What is wrong? The earl sensed his disquiet and scanned the shadows with anxious eyes. Is someone else in here? Turner told me the place was deserted. Turner? Chaloner began to prowl, taking the lamp with him. Loath to be left alone in the dark, the earl followed. He wore fashionably tight shoes with smart red heels, which made his feet look disproportionately small under his portly frame. Their hard leather soles pattered on the floor 
as he scurried after his spy, short, fat legs, pumping furiously. Colonel James Turner, he panted, tugging on Chaloner's sleeve to make him slow down. You must know him. He declared himself to the king during the wars and championed our cause all through the Commonwealth. There was a hint of censure in his voice. Chaloner's family had been parliamentarians, while the spy himself had fought for Cromwell in several major battles. In other words, Turner had chosen the right side, Chaloner had not. It was Turner who found Vine's body. The spy frowned. The painted chamber was not a place that would attract most people on such a wild night. So what had Turner been doing there? Besides being vast, dark, and full of disquieting noises, it was bitterly cold. But the colonel had been right about one thing. It was deserted. 